Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host with the most as always, Adela Marcy, and we are welcoming in season three of the show uh, with a big bang with my friend Cassie Howard. Now just a quick shout out to all our sponsors, uh, purelyhosting.com forward slash Adel, and of course this show's hot, uh, uh, sponsor, CassieHoward.com. Go check out his site, there's going to be tons of stuff you guys can learn from her, and from what I've been told and from what I've seen, she's a complete badass. I'm actually quite excited about this show. Cassie, thank you for being here on the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you on. Okay, cool. So just a quick background because like Esther really only gave me like a small amount of information on you. So I don't really know your story all that well. Could you like tell the um, audience and myself really uh, more about you, like how you got started and what you do? Sure. So I've been, you know, a serial entrepreneur, as they say, um, for probably 12, 13 years now. And I started out with, you know, uh, uh, what did I have? It was like a cupcake business, like a baking cupcake type of business. Um, I've done things such as a couponing blog. It was one of the most popular Canadian couponing blogs in all of Canada, which was pretty cool. Um, and then got into uh, adult modeling as well and photography. And that was a whole other business for me. So I've been in a bunch of different, you know, industries and then got into coaching in like about two years ago. Okay, I've got to ask adult modeling photography. Are we talking yeah. about the same thing here? Are we just talking? You're taking photos of adults instead of babies. Uh, no, it, you it's know. what my mind thought. <laughs> yeah, it is what my mind thought. Just saying. Because yeah. it's one of those things where you're like, i got to clarify because I've made this mistake before. Right. <laughs> but it's always yep. fun. It is what it is. What it sounds like, yeah. And it was, you know, I was on both sides. So I was the model, and I was also the photographer as well. I did both, um, and that was really, honestly, the business that taught me all about online marketing and how to work with affiliates and partners and, and things like that. So that's actually one of um, my favorite businesses that I've ever I've ever had. Did you ever work with um, Brad? God, what's his name? Ah, uh, Goss. Brad Goss. Did you ever work with him before? No, no. Oh, I'm surprised. Him. Well, he's um he's Canadian. That was actually one of his uh, verticals was the adult market. Oh no. Yeah, dude was I've like. I've worked with a lot of like big names, but I don't. That for some reason that one doesn't ring a bell for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry. Just like complete again. That that's another dude that I totally want to get um, on to the podcast just simply because it'd be fun to actually have and talk. You know, yeah. shoot the, shoot the breeze cool. with them. But as far as it goes with your business, wow, that is incredible! Like different amounts of um, yeah areas. So, like, I've got to ask simply because I'm curious, and this is really what my curiosities are going bound to. How did you make the transition between uh, adult work to coaching? Like, what was the transition there? I actually went from the adult stuff to couponing, and the 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 way that that came about was that. I went in the adult industry, I made a lot of money and I didn't know how to manage my money very well. So I got into a lot of debt, um, which is what led me into couponing. And then the couponing slash frugal living type of stuff just happened naturally. And I realized that there was a big business there. And so I monetized the hell out of that. Um, and then I moved from couponing to coaching when I realized that I just hated scrimping and saving all the time and I was bored and I felt like my income with that business was kind of at a standstill and it wasn't doing much for me anymore so I transitioned over to the coaching because that's really what I love anyways is, is you know creating businesses and teaching other people how to create businesses online specifically um, and so it was a pretty easy transition from there. 
Oh, that's pretty cool. By the way, quick side note, you're probably gonna hear my cat in the background. Don't worry, he's a stable of the show. Hello, boy, you're awake. God, he's a pain in the ass. Usual, but just a giant pain in the ass. <laughs> oh, you know Esther, she's the same with her cats. That's the way I'm I the same with mine, too, so oh, totally. sweet, you got cats. You I got, got three of them. <laughs> you gotta send me a photo. This is the thing that we do. Like, everyone knows if you got cats on this podcast, you send me a photo. I will send you some photos. <laughs> totally gonna put them up on the blog as well as, like, check out her badass cat. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so as far as it goes, that's kind of inter interesting because like um, the the debt movement is kind of interesting for me. I say movement because I've noticed a lot of entrepreneurs and people in business that end up having breakthrough su success. We somehow get into a shitload of debt. I mean, how does that happen? And then we're like, we just made a little load of money and paid it off. But then it's kind of like, how did you do this? And you never know. Like I kind of, I'm trying to keep track of how I got into debt and how I got myself out. So in case I'm ever there, I know how to get myself back out. But what was it that got you into it? Was it like buying too many things? Was it like living in certain places that you shouldn't have or what? Yeah, it was, I did a lot of travel for the business, a lot of like conventions and meetups and stuff with clients and, and people I was working with and models and things. Um, so it was a lot of travel and it was also a lot of like when, when you actually do the modeling, it's like you can't wear the same thing twice yeah. <laughs> and so you are you're constantly yeah. buying new clothing you know for the shoots and I was shooting like every single week I would have a new thing up there um so that was a big thing and then of course there's like you know hair and makeup and nails and like all of this stuff as well so it was just a lot of stuff and a lot of travel that that really set me over the edge in terms of the debt yeah, that usually would be. Do you mind if we actually ask how far in debt you actually got? Um, it wasn't, honestly, when I think about it now, it's not that big of a deal. Like, it wasn't that much. But at the time, it was a lot. I think it was around 20000 maybe 25000 Um, And it was, like, 10000 on my credit card, like, completely maxed out. And then I owed the government, like, ten k and, like, taxes or something like that. And so what I actually had to do to get out of it was I sold my modeling portfolio i guess like my own stuff um to a friend of mine in the industry and I, he gave me 20k for that so that you know wiped my debt clean and it was really from that moment forward where i was like i'm gonna spend my money wisely going forward and i have ever since <laughs> see that's brilliant to do because like oh i think i'm getting like feedback on your side of my own voice but i'm not sure oh strange um hold on uh, what was that I can move maybe a different spot. Oh no, yeah. now now we're okay, we're okay there. So it's just it was just like a verbal feedback that happens from time to time. But anyway, um that's quite interesting because like a lot of people say that, but as someone that was in that level of debt and has been that level of debt, I was like twenty six grand in debt. Yeah. Um in dollars, not pounds, which is just a blessing because if that was in pounds, like that's like fifty thousand yeah. dollars, just twice the amount. Um but God, what was it? It was it was very interesting to me to like have that happen, um, because it really tested what my thought process was to um, what's it called? Not scarcity, abundance. That's the word. Abundance is what I was looking for. So it it gave me like an insight to abundance because my brain was thinking, okay, is twenty six thousand dollars really that much money? Mm -hmm. I was like, considering what I'm like, no. Considering yeah. how much my clients have paid me for work, no. So what are you doing? Okay, go get a big client and pay this off. Exactly. But, but then again, you hear about people that have like six, seven hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, and you're like, how did you accrue that much debt? And you're only twenty five. You're younger than me. How? 
I know. I don't understand that either. I've, I've heard a lot of people say like hundreds of thousands of dollars a day. I'm like, don't you notice that as it's like building up and you're like, hey, I should probably stop this. <laughs> yeah. Or my other favorite is how do banks keep giving you money? Like, that, yes, that too. Good point. I like, I like 26 grand in debt. The banks like deny me money. They're like, no, no, we're not yeah. giving you another penny. I'm like, but I, I, I'm paying it off. Like, no, I paid it off. No, I'm like, fine. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I'm not allowed to grow. I was young and stupid at the time. Um, yeah. But speaking of which, so like your business now is completely on coaching. So is there a specific market that you work with? Or is there like you're more of a you work with like men and women or just women or just men or what? Uh, I work primarily with women. I mean, all of my marketing is targeted towards women. I'm not opposed to working with men uh, if they can look past the whole like badass, like women type of, um, you know, tribe that I've created. But for the most part, I work with women and help them to create their online empire, basically, and to profit from that as quickly as possible. Because I feel like a lot of people get into business online, but they feel like, oh, this should take a couple of years until I make money. Yeah. Um, and I'm an example that it can happen very, very quickly. And so that's what I teach my clients. That's pretty awesome. Remind me to like, we'll have to talk at the end of the show, just like when we're off air and stuff. But there's something interesting that I kind of make a joke at. Um, just remind me of like badass women later on and I'll, I'll tell you the joke. But, okay, but as far as it goes, that's really interesting because like um, it did take me a long time personally speaking to actually break through and understand how to start creating money for myself. And that was more to do with my internal work, like, you know, how yeah. I saw myself. So what would you say would be the biggest quote unquote, I'd say secret, because I don't like using that word, but let's just say secret, um, yeah. to how you actually started making money fairly quickly. Because I know there's people listening to this, like, how do I actually make money? Because it's there. Yeah, I, it's the, it was the internal stuff for me too. It was all about the mindset. And I actually worked with like my first ever coach because as soon as I got into coaching, I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I have to get a coach. So I hired a coach right away. And she was actually a mindset and marketing coach. And I really just hired her for the minds or the marketing because I was like, this mindset stuff is like weird. I'm not doing that. And I actually resisted doing it for a couple of months. I was like, just tell me the marketing stuff. I don't, don't want to get and none of your like hippie shit around like this mindset stuff. Um, and then so I wasn't making money very quickly. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? And she reminded me about the mindset stuff. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll do it for one week. And then when it doesn't work, because I was so sure it wouldn't work. When it doesn't work, you'll stop talking to me about it. And she's like, okay, fine. And then uh, at the end of the, that week, I went back to her and I was like, okay, fine, you were right. <laughs> and so it's, and it's been with me ever since basically. And so now like the, my mindset practice is like a daily part of my life. It's something I do every morning, the very first thing I do. Um, and it really is the number one reason I, I've been able to grow my business so quickly. Okay, can I ask what that mindset ritual is that you do every morning? Yeah, so the what I really do for my mindset stuff is I do primarily journaling. So I will journal about um, you know, my dream life as if it's already manifested. I'm already living that dream life. So it gets me really excited for the day to go out there and actually create that. Um, I will journal about money stuff as well. So like my intentions for the money that I want to receive that day or that week or that month. Um, my net worth, I do that every single day in my journal as well. Sorry about the te technical difficulty, guys. Um, turns out my microphone decided to uh, have a life of its own, and Cassie couldn't hear me, and I listened to the playback. You couldn't be able to hear me either. So, uh, Cassie, you were talking about journaling, and especially about the money stuff in the morning. Could we please continue from there? 
Yeah, sure. So with the, the mindset practice that I do, I actually have a money practice and my money practice is, um, you know, I track my net worth from the day prior um, and I do that every single day and it really doesn't take that long, uh, which is the big fear for a lot of people. Um, and then I also track my income and expenses from the day before as well so that I always am aware of exactly where my money is. And I think this is... Um, partially due to the whole debt thing that came up where I don't ever want to be there again, but it's also just so I know how close or how far I am from my, my money goals for the month. And so that's a big part of my mindset practice. But the biggest piece is really um, the journaling around my dream life. And then it's also the journaling around any type of you know problems that I feel like I have. And so I'll journal about it and essentially coach myself in the journal where I'm saying, you know, why is this happening? Um, I wish this would go faster or why why is this not converting or whatever? And then I just kind of, you know, coach myself and, and sometimes I get nothing and sometimes I actually get some pretty decent answers back. So that's uh, really my whole mindset practice. I know a lot of people like to do visualization and mantras and stuff like that. Um, I've tried all of those things and none of them appeal to me, nor did they work very well. So I just stick with the journaling stuff. Yeah, like everyone has their own modality. See, I, I don't know if you ever find this, but I actually get this really weird thing that happens whenever I journal. I start talking to myself in the third person. Oh, I do too, yeah. Yeah, like, I never write, I have this problem, like, you have to do this. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Exactly. Yeah, that's me too. Why, why do I feel this way? You're an asshole. Oh, okay, that, and the, thank you, brain, for being a... Exactly. Douche. Yep, exactly. Though, to be fair, I, uh, I like to, like, change it up because um, of my ADD at times, it becomes really hard for me to stay focused. So right. sometimes just to play a game with myself, because I'm ambidextrous as well, I like writing with my left hand whenever I answer myself. So when I say, you're an asshole, I'm like, that's just my left hand telling me off. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> but um, so as far as it goes with like how you actually coach people, I know you've got a couple of programs. You've got, a, is it a six month program that you have as well? Or it, like a DIY yeah, program? Right. Yeah. The six month is like my highest level and I only work with like a very, very small handful of women and I have to really, really like them in order to allow them into that um, because it is unlimited access to me for six months. It's not like one weekly call and then email access. It's basically whenever you need me, I'm there type of thing. Um, that's like my, my main way that uh, clients can work with me at a higher level. And then I also have a six week for the women that just kind of want to test me out and I want to test them out. Um, we go with that. Um, those are my main one-on-one -on -one offerings and then I have a membership community as well babes and biz which is um, you know you pay a monthly fee or the yearly fee and you get you know monthly trainings and uh, accountability and things like that that's pretty awesome see I like the way that you built this all up so how long did it actually take you to get all this stuff up and ready so to say because I'm, I'm just curious here because I, I know some people can take months doing it saying no names um, but I think I know him pretty well um, but just yeah so how long did it take you to actually get to having all this stuff up and ready uh, well I mean I've tweaked things as I went of course so I actually never had these things right in the beginning but as far as like how long it took me to get programs available um, you know until I got to the point where I was able to market myself it was probably like I don't know 30 days like I really wanted to go fast <laughs> and I was like I'm not gonna sit around and wait um, I was under the impression that I needed to have a website so I created a website and that's really the only thing that held me back otherwise I would have gone out there and done it sooner than that 
that's pretty awesome. Okay, cool. So the reason I actually asked that, and there is a massive reason, it's quite simply because a lot of people like to make excuses for themselves as to why they can't do something. And guys, this is like live in January, so we've just literally had Xmas. I mean, we shot it before Christmas and uh, the New Year's, but this is coming out in New Year's. So guess what your New Year's resolution is for business? Build your business and your website and get that shit running and making money in 30 days or less and annoy the crap out of Cassie because who doesn't want to do that? She'll probably kill me for that, but it's fine. I'm in England. She's in, she's in Canada. Uh -huh. I can come find you. <laughs> I will probably hug you and high five you and that's fine. Just don't steal my cat. We're fine with that. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I think that's a big issue for a lot of people is like the, the resistance to just do it. Like just... Like, I think it's a perfectionism thing for a lot of people, and it's also, like, a fear as well, like, a fear that they won't be successful, the fear that they'll fail, um, and I don't know, that I've never really had that, I've never been afraid to fail, really, because, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you're going to fail many times anyway, you might as well get it out of the way, um, but also, if you're not taking action and just doing these things, then, like, you can't expect your life to turn around for the better if that's what you're looking for. Yeah, I agree. I mean, as a former member of the Fear Club, and the ones that like I need to be perfected, I need to perfect this to do it. It really, it, it. I guess it's kind of wanting to know the steps before you actually take the first one. Yeah. And I think Dale Car Carnegie had like the best quote ever. And for the Puritans out there, they'll say it's Carnegie. I I really don't care. I've had three emails about this already. Don't really care. Um. I think he said his, what was his quote? It was something along the lines of, the best way to overcome worry and fear is by taking the smallest action towards the goal that you want. Yeah, yeah, very true. Okay, now this is just precious because I actually haven't done this. I actually left my uh, washing machine door open and my cat has climbed in. <laughs> and he doesn't know that I can see him, but if I make a move, he will actually jump out of there. So <laughs> it's just one of those things. But okay, so going back to like your story here, because again, fascinating stuff um how did you go from like coupon person like what, what was the like drive well i get what the, the drive was for the coupon site but how did you guys like make that profitable or was it a non-profitable site I, i'm not really sure yeah it was i mean we were doing around a hundred thousand a year for that which i mean was a lot of money to me at the time um and the only reason that we were able to do that was because i learned how to you know, make the blog profitable through like ads and private sponsors and affiliate links and things like that. So we had like anywhere from 20 to 30 blog posts go up in a day, in a single day. And they were all like different deals linked from like Amazon and Walmart and like all of these places where we had an affiliate link. So anytime somebody would sign up, we'd make money. Or if they clicked on, you know, Google ad in the sidebar, we'd make money. Um, and so I got really good at, at making that really profitable, but I couldn't seem to get past the 100K mark. Um, but more so than that, it was just that I got bored with the, with the whole industry. And, and also I went vegan as well. And so I couldn't eat most of the stuff that was, you know, that these coupons were for. Um, it was all processed or it was, you know, it had dairy in it and eggs and all this stuff. So I couldn't eat the stuff anyway. So I stopped using coupons so much. And then eventually I wasn't using coupons at all. And then I felt like a fraud. And then I was like, this is boring anyway. Like, screw it. I'm not doing it anymore. Um, so and it was actually, I posted something on that website about, I said, I'm going to do this program to teach you how to 
it was like how to build your own blog and make money from your blog or something like that because people were asking me. Um, and then that was basically my my own way of forcing myself into the coaching industry where I was going to put together this program and I had a couple women sign up, but most of them were too damn cheap to pay anyway. So not, not many people signed up. But once I started talking about that, like how to make money from your blog, I was like, ooh, I kind of like this. And then so it, it was really just from that. That's pretty awesome. Now, kind of backtracking here, why did you go vegan? Uh, animals. Animal rights. Okay. Fair enough. That, that's a pretty straightforward answer. It's like some people have asked, like, oh, because I want to be like more healthier and stuff like this. I'm like, that's cool. Cause that's, a, that's a perk. Yeah, that's a perk that comes with it. I like straight up will tell you it's because I love animals and because I don't like the way that they're treated. Yeah, same. I mean, um, that's actually the reason I only eat. Well, I'm a meat eater, but like I eat a certain type of meat. Mm -hmm. uh, which means it has to be organic, grass-fed, it cannot, it has to have free range, it has to have good life. So yeah, it costs me more money to actually buy it, but hell, I'll do it because I know, you know, the animal had a good life before it died and you didn't put a bullet in its brain. Because that's not the way I like my meat killed. Well, to be fair, yeah. But anyway, that's, it's always interesting to me because I did go vegan for about three weeks. Uh, I tried to go vegan. Yeah. But the problem was that my, my immune system couldn't take it, like my, uh, my body just couldn't take it. So it was like, it's breaking down underneath itself. So I was like, okay, I've got to, so I'll take some stuff from the vegan side and add it to my already existing diet and stop doing things. So like, I don't eat dairy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still do when it comes to chocolate, but that's just chocolate and that's an exception, but I don't have like milk and um, I rarely eat eggs. Well, that's so, better than, that's better than nothing then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, I give credit for that. Yeah, it's really hard not to eat cake, especially once your birthday. You can have cake. There's so many, like, I, you know what, that's actually another business that I did was I started a vegan food blog. Um, I never focused on making it profitable because it was way too much work and I didn't care that much. But because I was getting so many things like that from friends and family, they're like, oh, I, you know, I'd, I would totally go vegan, but I can't give up cheese or, you know, I can't give up my, my cake or I can't give up my chocolate or whatever. And it's like, Honestly, the vegan stuff is way better anyway than the than the non-vegan. So it's I, I created that website with a whole bunch of recipes on there, my own recipes, um, to show them basically that you do don't you, have to. Do you make real chocolate? Um, I don't. I don't make my own chocolate. I've done like um, I, I eat raw chocolate. I buy raw raw chocolate. Um, but I make like different chocolate desserts and stuff. That's what the recipes are for. Wait, have you actually had an acai bowl? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Man. I freaking love those things. Every day for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're awesome. What? How do you have yours? I'm curious because, like, you know, everyone has their own recipe. I want to know what yours is. Or do you not make them? I usually just take whatever I have in the fridge and the freezer in terms of like fruit and stuff and then some greens and I throw it in and I, all I do is I make a really thick smoothie and then just pour it in a bowl and put like granola and extra fruit on it. That's it. And sometimes I'll actually buy like the smooth, the, the acai berry like packets and stuff that you can use. Um, but for the most part, it's just whatever I have in the fridge and I just throw it in a bowl. Okay. See, that's cool. The way I actually get it is um, I get the unsweetened uh, smoothie packs. And yes. I just like put papaya. Uh, so it's papaya with grapes, strawberries, kiwi, uh, raw coconuts, uh, cacao nibs, um, raw honey, and blend it together with bananas. And then pour into a bowl like a thick smoothie. And then you have that with like, you know, whatever fruit garnish you want on top. 
but yeah exactly yeah oh man it's like the best i'm just talking about some salivating right now i'm like i want something yeah it's so good <laughs> yeah i haven't had one actually in a couple of weeks i've just been i've been doing juice and stuff in the morning and it's like now i kind of want one maybe i'll make one for lunch <laughs> that's <laughs> That's pretty cool. So, okay, I gotta ask because you do have tattoos, and um, I'm I'm a huge art fan anyway. Body art's like one of my coolest things. So, like, when how did that happen? Was that before or after like business? Like, because I know some people get them when they're young, some people get them when they're older. Uh, well, the I have a bunch. Like, I have a bunch on my back that I got when I was like seventeen or so, around there, sixteen, seventeen. Um, the one like on my arm, like the full sleeve on the one arm was probably, I had half the arm done for like, I'm going to say seven years or so. And then I got the other half done, I think like a year, maybe a year and a half ago. Wow. So what was and the so uh, well, the one on my arm that was half of it, it's really, um, it's a pinup model and it looks like how I used to look before I had kids. Um, and it's basically just, um, it's supposed to, and it says proud behind it. So it's basically about my, my working in the adult industry and saying how I was like proud of that. Um, so that's that big one. And then, I mean, all the other ones that I have, it's just like little things that represent a lot to me. So there's like a coupon on there on my arm for the coupon blog. There's the cupcake for my cupcake business. Um, what else do I have? I have the camera, which was for my photography. I have a skull with a dagger through its head, just because I think they're cool. I have, um, I don't even know half the stuff I have. I have a zombie girl who's drinking a smoothie on the back. <laughs> and then I have like little pieces of fruit and stuff spread around on my arm. And then there's a bag of money because why money. not? <laughs> you gotta have the bag of money. Yeah, it's the shit we do. Yeah, it's right there too. It's like right on my forearm, so everybody sees it and they're like, "Oh, why do you have a bag of money?" And it's like, "Why not?" <laughs> what? And this is where this is the hand I'll grab my bag of money with. <laughs> Pretty much, it's like um, I because I don't have any tattoos, but I used to design them. So oh, cool. yes, yeah, so I I just finished a design for a friend of mine. Got color it in and send it over to him, but it's a Chinese um, scimitar. Oh, okay. He, he's a fellow fighter. He's a boxer, actually, and uh, I, I work with him every so often. But, like, uh, I put a scimitar on his left forearm with the words Espada de la Muerta, um, which means Sword of the Dead or Sword of Death, because the guy has a very hard punch. Like, his jab is ridiculous. Yeah. But, like, I, I love stuff like that. Sorry, kind of like very much business here. But, like, the reason I'm kind of going this way in particular is because artistic people I found tend to, when you think a little bit more creatively, you end up with a bit more ability to like harness resources yes. um, and use your resourcefulness with your resources that are available in order to create success. So I guess the lesson here really is if you feel like you're not creative, start reading books on creativity, I guess. Yeah. Like, have, yeah. you got any, have you got any favorite ones that you'd recommend? Um, on creativity specifically, not off the top of my head. I mean, a lot of the books that I read are like business books or mindset books. Like that's, okay, I try so, to get into like other stuff, but that's, I can't. Okay. Let, let's go with business and mindset stuff. Cause I'm a huge nerd with like, when it comes to that stuff. So yeah. Okay. So let's see them. I guess I would say like my top three would be overcoming under earning, um, which is targeted towards women. But I mean, I think men could get pretty good value from it as well think and grow rich is is a good one and then my favorite book basically of all time is the science of getting rich and actually the big leap is really good too that's pretty awesome who wrote the first one by the way 
Uh, I think her name is Barbara Stanny. Okay, cool. Barbara yeah, Stanny. That's pretty awesome. See, Thinking Grow Rich is the one book I've never been able to finish. Yeah, it's one of those books that I'm not going to say I love it. I love the overall message, and so I will read it every so often, but it takes me a very long time to get through it. <laughs> very, It's like a painful read, but it's... Yeah. So many good like little golden nuggets spread throughout that I have to go through it every so often, but it, it is a hard book to get through. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's one of those books. I'm like, why did you make this painful? I hate you, yeah. but I've got to read this. Like, exactly. I'll, grip, I'll grip my teeth and read it. Um, a book that I recently just got sent was uh, Persuasion by Dr. Cialdini. Oh, okay. Never yeah. heard of that one. It's his new book. It came out. like He wrote Influence and then he wrote Persuasion. Um, it's like Persuasion, but R-E instead of E-R. Um, cannot wait to get my hands through that, but I'd have to say just to match you on that, as have you read Robert Greene's books yet? Any of his books by Robert Greene? No. Recommend that you start with the thirty-three strategies of war. Okay. Um, because Robert Greene's kind of how do I put this? He's more of a he's a weird historian, but he's not really a historian. He's a self-help historian. So what he does is that he read he started with the forty-eight laws of power. Um. And then the art of seduction came, and then thirty-three strategies of war, and then the fiftieth law, and then mastery. Those are the books he's written. But to put them together, the thirty-three strategies of war comes first because all it is, and if you can find the concise version, even better because you can whiz right through that. It's a series of uh, thirty-three strategies that you can use in day-to-day -day business, and why you would want to do that, and how to motivate yourself. So, like one of the big ones I use quite often is something called Death Ground. Um. Like, have you ever heard the term, like, you always fight hardest when you start from behind? Yes. Right. So that's what basically Death Ground is. He gives an example in history based on, like, the art of war or something on how Death Ground was created and how you can do it for yourself. So, like, the way I work is I know I work best under pressure. So the whole rule is put yourself under Death Ground. Like, you'll either succeed or you die. Yeah. Wow. Go do it. So, it, like, it teaches you how to do that. That's one of the strategies. The 48 Laws of Power is more about understanding communication and how people work, especially in the corporate world. And fun fact, most requested books, no book in prison, by the way. Oh, really? Good yeah. to know. Yeah, it's... Look it up. Definitely a good read. Um, you can actually, if you can get the, if you're, are you more audiobook version or are you more the ready type? Oh, yeah, I like to hold the book in my hands. Same. I can't do Kindle books. I have to, like, have physical ones. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. But uh, if I get a Kindle book, I usually like ask the author if I can print it out. But like, why was it? Because I and then read it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would do too. This <laughs> is what I do. It's how I do things, bad. Um, but the Forty Eight Laws of Power and actually most of Robert Greene's books are actually uh, narrated by some really good voiceover people. Uh, but the Forty Eight Laws of Power is narrated by a guy called Don Leslie, who actually has like a very regal voice. It's like, hello, my name is Don Leslie. I can't do his voice, but still, it's very soothing. Oh, okay. But it's so a, maybe the audiobook would be okay then. Yeah, the audiobook for this book is like amazing. Uh, and you can, you can find it on YouTube. So people listening on this, you can totally go do that. But I do recommend going to buy the book, not just to support the author because he's awesome and I'm trying to get him on the show, but also because it's one of my favorite books of all time. And I think I have like four copies of it in my apartment um, that I usually just give to friends to borrow and I read it myself every like yearly. Um, and that's all about communication and understanding the world. The art of seduction is also known as the 49th law, which is on how to understand yourself, your personality, and your sexuality in life, and how you can use what's naturally given to you to not just gain advantage, uh, to gain advantage in life, basically, but not over other people. 
So like if you're like for instance, if you're the natural type of person, or essentially all you do is that you're very playful and creative, and you create like a natural childlike state of wonderment. People gravitate towards you, and you understand what type of people gravitate gravitate towards you, and what they can what it can be used for. So, some people can use your own talents against you for their own gain and leave you out in the in the cold, really. So it teaches you how to navigate that field. And then the fiftieth law, in my opinion, probably one of the best business books you'll ever read, um, is with Fifty Cent, uh, the rapper. Which, by the way, I, I, a lot of people don't get this, but like that dude is super good to study for business. So smart, yeah. I think he's brilliant. Yeah, it actually details his life way more in depth in that book, by the way, like about how he got to where he is. Um, and the mastery is kind of like looking at masses of different forms and how they actually got to where they are. Like, how did Da Vinci go from uh, basically a bastard uh, to a rich man to being? the painter of the years, how come he went to um, Florence, was it Florence he went to? I think he went to Florence when everyone else went to Milan mm -hmm. and to paint. And why did he take over Florence? Well, he went there, did his painting, then became, chose another thing like biology instead of the human form. So stuff like that just becomes super interesting to uh, read. I've just yeah. rambled enough right now. <laughs> so kind no, of. No, I like it. I actually need some new, new reading material. So it's good. Now I have some, some ideas of stuff to read. Oh, hell yeah. Like, this is more like that old school stuff. And by the way, for anyone that's like, and there's, um, so something I'm actually doing right now is I'm launching something called the Story Selling Blueprint. So that's been in the works like well over a year now uh, because I keep wanting to launch it and I keep getting pushed back because I've got to do other people's work as well. Are you there still? Yep. Oh, sweet. Sorry. It's like when it goes quiet, like, are you still talking? I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> So, Story Selling Blueprint, it's just, it just so happens in the last 12 months, nearly everyone's jumping on this bandwagon. It's like, really, guys? Come on, you haven't got the same... Okay, whatever. You guys do what you want to do. I got a formula that I know works. It's just the difference between us. It's fine. Um, but what I always tell people whenever they want to learn how to tell stories, and it might be beneficial to you, Cassie, or just anyone listening to this, and I will get your opinion on what you do to tell stories and how you tell your story. Um, I tell people to do two things. One, go on YouTube and look up the game Gears of War. Just type in Gears of War all cutscenes. It's about six hours long of a video. But make time to watch it. Because okay. uh, it is it, it is a video game, but the way the story writers have actually created the atmosphere and the world and the investment and everything, you just get so emotionally invested into the story-driven game. Um the like when it reaches a conclusion you feel like you yourself have, have actually gone through the same experiences they have wow it's, it's amazing the second is to read a book called the crucifix killer by uh, chris carter um this is more like all this stuff is like story selling in application versus studying it so um chris carter's book the crucifix killer is is a page turner i think i finished that book and i'm not a fast reader by the way um well not anymore um, I finished that book in two days. Wow. I couldn't put, and this is like in the middle of a product launch. Like if I wasn't writing the product launch, if I wasn't doing copy for it, I was like reading this book. Wow. It, it's so good. But what about you? What are your tips on like figuring out stories and how to tell them? I don't know if I really have like any type of fancy strategy or whatever for that. For me, like when I you know, when I write content and stuff and I do my messaging and I share my, my story with people, I just, 
I say what I want to say. And so sometimes I would say like 50%, 60% of the time I will tie in something that, you know, relates back to me, the story. And so like, I'll talk about my experience with this particular topic that I'm going on and on about. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I get people that tell me all the time. They're like, you're so good at storytelling. And I was like, I don't even feel like I'm telling a story. So like when somebody asks me, well, how do you tell stories so well? I'm like, I don't, I really don't know. I just open my mouth and talk. Um, and I try to occasionally talk about past experiences because I know that people can, you know, relate to those and, and connect with you more because of those stories. So I think for me, it's just being very open and honest and very vulnerable. And I always tell like my, my community, like anything you want to ask me, you can tell me and I will be brutally honest with you. I can't promise that you're going to like the answer that I give you or what I say, but I can promise you that I will always be honest and, and vulnerable. Even if it makes me, in my opinion, look bad, I will always give the truth. That is what it is. It's authenticity. Yeah, totally. And that is when you live your life in complete authenticity, you get a lot of cool stuff happen. So yep. like, we're reaching that part of my show, which I love to do, which is, of course, asking you my favorite two questions. The first one being, was there ever a point in your career, um, even recently or any time in your life, where your confidence was so low that you wanted to give up everything, throw in the towel? If so, and I think there was, um, what what did you do to get back up to that point where you could be competent and then how did you get up to the level of confidence that you have now? So I think for me, this was probably with like the couponing business, like right towards the end of it where it's like I'm working 15 to 20 hours a day, no kidding, on this business and ultimately taking home like a thousand bucks a month after I pay my team. Um, and so I got to the point where I was just like, this is not worth it anymore. I'm not even having fun. Maybe I'll, you know, I even considered going and getting a dreaded nine to five. I was like, I'll just go get a regular job. Um, I'm not going to be an entrepreneur anymore. I'm not cut out for this. Um, and so I just, I let myself take like, I'm going to say like two weeks off or something. I told my team, I was like, you guys handle this. I, I got to go away for a while. Um, and I did a lot of soul searching then. And what really came up for me was that I love business, but I don't necessarily love the couponing business. Um, and so that's when I made the decision to do the whole make money blogging course and off of that. Um, and once I did that and I started creating that content, I, you know, I started to realize this is what I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about how to save 50 cents on a pack of bacon. Like, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about how to make $50,000 a month from your blog. Like I would much rather go there. Um, and so I just started talking about it on the couponing blog more and more. Um, obviously a lot of people didn't care because they were there for the, the frugal living and couponing stuff. Um, but I was attracting, you know, certain people that were like, this is great. This is what I wanted to learn more about myself. Um, actually one of my first ever clients who just hired me again today, <laughs> she, um, was from the the couponing site as well. Um, so that was cool. So I got a lot of people that were moving over from the couponing site and kind of doing the whole blogging thing with me, um, which eventually morphed into overall like business strategy. Um, so I think that was really, I don't know if it's like my breaking point, but that was really where I felt like the lowest. And I felt like maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Maybe 
you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to work 20 hours a day and make a thousand dollars a month. Like it's just not worth it. Um, but when I found this industry, the coaching industry, it just changed my life forever. And I feel like I found my true calling now. That's pretty awesome. That is pretty badass right there. Um, so my next question really is if you were to give three pieces of advice to anyone that was listening right now, uh, who was in the state of, I don't know whether my business is going up and down. I, I'm not really enjoying it that way you were before yeah. or someone that's like in that stranded space of business where like I've hit a plateau. I don't know how to get to the next level. What three pieces of advice would you give them? I think the biggest piece would be to do the soul searching like I did. So um, journaling until the answers come basically. And so maybe that takes a couple you know, hours, maybe a couple days, maybe a couple weeks. Um, but allow yourself to kind of sit with that silence where you just, you think and then you don't think and then you allow yourself to be angry and you allow yourself to be scared um, for a short while and then you snap the fuck out of it and move on and you do what you need to do to go where you want to go but I feel like doing the journaling stuff um, releases a lot of stuff out of you that you didn't know that you were suppressing um, so I think that like journaling type stuff would, would be really helpful of course getting support like with me I hired a coach and I'm always hiring coaches because I always like to have somebody in my corner supporting me when I need it. Um, so I would say get support whenever possible, whether that's a coach or a mentor or, you know, it's an accountability partner or whatever, get support from somebody who's going to be able to push you through, you know, that tough time because it's, it's challenging enough doing it yourself. So you might as well have somebody behind you who can support you through that and make sure that you don't give up. Um, and then the third thing, I mean, the third thing is really just the, don't let that fear and or that uncertainty stop you from doing what you love um, because there's always going to be those roadblocks and there's always going to be, you know, things that happen and you're going to get knocked on your ass a couple times, but you just have to keep getting up and keep fighting as long as what you're fighting for is something you really believe in. It's pretty badass. I love that. All right, guys, go check out CassieHoward.com. Cassie, you are an awesome, awesome woman and Thank so you. much badassery there. Guys, girls, ladies and gentlemen of all ages and sizes and ethnicities and genders or whatever else we're going to cover here, go check out her stuff because I've been reading through some of it um, here and there where I've been quiet and when we had the little drop off, I was like quickly reading through her stuff because I was like, this will be interesting. Um, but yeah, go go check out Cassie's stuff. My personal favorite is going to be how I go all in every day and create success easily. I think that's your last blog post, but we spoke about that very briefly, but I like that. It's pretty awesome. Um, any other last words before we go off air? Any last words? Um, I think the whole cliche thing of don't give up is still, still something that people need to remember and people need to um, focus on because there's going to be a lot of times where you're going to want to give up. I've been there multiple times. Um, and you just have to keep pushing forward and keep, keep moving on and keep doing what you, what you love to do. So don't ever give up. Perfect. That's awesome. Guys, I will see you on the next episode of Battle of Marcy Unplugged. Peace out and take care.